my lovely wife, Sandy. Sandy is from Ranger, West Virginia. I am from Branchland. And uh, we met in the sixth grade and became best friends. She's told me from her best friend in the ninth grade, which is now Sally Winters, which was Sally Woodall, Skip Winters' wife. And she, I tease and say that Sally sends her a thank you card every year for taking <laughs> We dated four years and three days, and you can relate to this. We got married when we were 18, and we were never, ever allowed to date alone until we got married. Can I hear an amen on that? Smart daddy. And May the 12th will be 53 years. So amen. she uh, she is my best part besides the Lord Jesus Christ, and she doesn't mind being second to him. And I'd like to say that I love the Lord. Um, he is just so awesome. Amen. There is no one like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Amen. And as you know, when we got saved, we inherited. It was the earnest or proof of our salvation. Mm-hmm that we were indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. Isn't that awesome? Yes, yes See, it I is. didn't know that. Right. I, I didn't know anything about that. Right. And I I knew I couldn't. Two things, I'm going to talk a little bit about me evidently. So two things kept me from going to church. I didn't get saved until I was 28 and a half. And I've been to Vietnam and back. So, you know, God spared me. And... Um, Number one, two things kept me out of church. Number one, I thought you had to be a, a perfect to be a Christian. And number two, all those old hypocrites in the church. Mm-hmm. I looked at that. Well, guess what? We're all hypocritical about something. Yep. That's true. About something. That's true. And we're not perfect. Yep. But the good thing is, we have... At the time of salvation, the, uh, just think about this. When you look in the mirror, you're looking at a saint of God that has the righteousness, imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ placed to your account. Amen. Wow. Praise the Lord. Wow. That will put a shout in a Baptist one. <laughs> if there's not too many around. If there's not too many around. <laughs> so I got saved when I was 28 and a half and Preacher Jerry Roberts down at what's Grace Baptist Church now um, led me to the Lord January 29, 1976 on a Thursday evening at my sister's house for my mother's birthday party. They set us up. I was a leftover 60s hippie and uh, they invited us five houses up to my sister Connie and C.B. Isaac's house for my mother's birthday party and is on Thursday night. That was their visitation night anyway. CB came in with their preacher whom I had never met and I already didn't like him because he was from way out in Ohio. And he'd come from New York and and 
My theory was we Lincoln County rednecks have our own preachers. We don't need foreigners coming in here. And I finally found out he was from way out in Ohio, Proctorville. <laughs> anyway, he led me to the Lord that night. Wow. I was smoking dope, drinking beer and whiskey, cussing like a sailor and, and smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. And I tell people that none of that alone will send you to hell. And I was a construction worker, and then I also say as a joke that it does make you a better construction worker, but it doesn't. You know, but, but God took it from me. Oh, he cleaned me up, brothers. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, just, I, I still cannot get over it. Yeah, I've been there, brother, myself. And Sandy said, if it wasn't for the Lord, I'd be in prison. And she's probably right. Amen. So, anyway, uh, I love him. Oh, he is just so good. I'll share a couple. If if the Holy Spirit leads me, we have a couple of real good stories, uh, personal rehabs that happened recently with us, and, and uh, God will properly. Let's turn to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 10. And we will talk about children somewhat. Mark 10, starting from verse 13. Let's pray first. Father, we love you and praise you and worship you. And I pray you would help me not say anything that you don't want me to. And that I would say everything that you do. I pray that uh, this service would be a blessing and a challenge to your children and convicting to anyone here that may be lost. So we just turn it all over to you and tell you we love you. In Jesus' sweet name, amen. Amen. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer or allow the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for as much as the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever ever, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms and put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Now, I will say that I am a board member of Child Evangelism Fellowship, and part of our ministry is a good news club in elementary school. Uh, there were over 22 million children heard the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world through CEF, Child Evangelism Fellowship, last year, and about a mil about 10 million of them made a profession of faith. Amen. And it has been statistically proven that only about 8 out of 10 children go to church. Mm -hmm. In America. Wow, isn't that something? 
So that's where this good news club thing that we're getting started over here uh, and have all over the world actually, um, um, that's where we get to be in contact with children that normally are not in church. And Jesus is allowing, suffered the little children to come unto me or allow them to come unto me. And folks, if we can, I've told Sandy before, as we have children, as they're growing up, we teach them all we can at home. And then we send them to school <laughs> for the teachers, the, the good and praise God for godly teachers, uh, for the teachers to teach them. And, uh, you know, if we can send them to school to learn about who George Washington is or learn the three R's, writing, reading, and arithmetic, as we used to call it back in the old days, then they can also learn about who God is. Mm -hmm. And we get to go into these elementary schools once a week for 90 minutes, and the parents sign off. We can teach them anything. And they'll come by at 4 o'clock and pick them up, and we can take pictures with them. And, and we divide the, the 90 minutes up about 20-minute segments. And Oh, my goodness. It is wonderful. Now, <clears throat> Sandy and I, used to get Addison and Allison and very soon in December that they will become 13 and 9. Now they're 12 and 8. But a couple years ago, we used to get them every week, two days a week, like Monday and Thursday because their daddy, our oldest son, was working out of town and their mom worked two twelves at Cabell Huntington Hospital so their mom would drop them off at our house at a quarter after six in the morning. And they'd play around a little bit and turn the cartoon on and Sandy would go in the kitchen and fix some pancakes and then she'd say, come on girls, time to eat. And it's funny, one day they didn't get up and I was in my recliner and I said, girls, did you hear Grammy? Don't make grandpa take his belt off. Like they knew what that was. was. Addison said, grandpa, your pants would fall down. <laughs> Grammy feeds them they get themselves dressed and Grandpa runs them up to Ona to school from East Pea Ridge to Ona and on the way up Addison said Grandpa don't don't come get us today at 2.30 today's good news day wait until 4 o'clock I said fine so I went up at 4 and got them Coming back down Route 60 to Barbara's I said, what'd you learn today, girls? Good news club. I said, well, Grandpa, Moses took God's people out of Egypt and they got backed up against the big old sea and the bad guys were coming to get them. And little Allie in her car seat in the back took over talking. And she said, I could see her in the rearview mirror. She said, and Grandpa, she said, God parted that water and the good guys crossed and went to the other side. And when the bad guys started to cross, God brought that water together and the bad guys drowned and the good guys celebrated. <laughs> and boy, that, that rung in my head for two weeks. 
Well, we go to a pretty big church back then, three years ago, it was about 450 on Sunday morning, First Baptist Proctorville, and I said, Pastor, could we start a good news club here? He said, Pete, we've tried it. He said, we can't get 10 volunteers out of a church this big. I said, well, I bet we could. And without him being mean, he didn't say, Pete, you have a big mouth. He said, I'm going to start calling you up at the end of the service on Sunday morning and let you dismiss in prayer, but I want you to talk about that a little bit. Buddy, within a month or a month and a half, we had 19 people out of that church to go through the six-hour training and start a good news club at Fairland East, kindergarten first and second graders. First year, we had 28 there. We had 20 professions of faith. We had one mom, was one of the 20, and a 15-year-old brother at home from the little girl that got, first one got saved. And that was the first year we had 28 kids. The second year was last year, we had 80. Yeah. We had to divide them up into four groups and send them around in sections to keep control. And I think there's like 50 people, 50 kids made a profession of faith. And if we can teach them who George Washington is, surely we can teach them about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. And they can be convicted, and they can say yes or no. But, wow, I mean, God is just so good. And the Lord says, unless you come as these little children or with childlike faith. And, boy, that night I got convicted. I had childlike faith. Because when God knocked on my heart's door, I said, Sir, if you will help me pray that prayer. I told him no twice. He said, let me give you this verse. See, he knew Romans 1, 16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He knew if he kept giving me Bible verses, brother, that the Holy Spirit would get inside of me and do that dudamous dynamite work inside of me, and then it would be up to me to say yes or no. But he did. He said, let me give you this verse. He said, there's a whole group of people. Shut, I'm looking for the picture. A lot of country churches have a picture of Jesus who the artist thought Jesus looked like. Knocking on a big old wooden arch door with big old hinges, Roth iron hinges. And if you look down, there's no, no doorknob on the outside. And he said, over in Revelation 3.20, there's a group of people that shut God out corporately and shut him out individually. And he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he leaned over and knocked on my sister's coffee table. Now, I'd already told him, No, thank you, buddy. I do my own praying. I don't want you here to pray. Smart out. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And when he picked on that coffee table, God said, Pete, I want you right now. But when he finished that verse, I said, Sir, if you will help me pray that prayer, I'm ready. And we hit our knees and used, used that coffee table for an altar. 
And I repeated words after him, but I wasn't talking to him. I was talking to God. And God saved me. Wow. And listen, you and I are ambassadors for Christ. Amen. We're representatives. We're just passing through down here, folks. Mm -hmm. and, and if we believe that we're near the end, we need to get the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ out there to people, to people that are unsaved. It's good to come and meet together. We're supposed to assemble ourselves together. We are because we draw from each other. Our brothers and sisters in the morning, we come and sing praises to God, and we worship in spirit and truth. But that's not what he left us here for. He left us to tell them out there that aren't saved, and it's good to invite people to church, but that's not witnessing. Mm -mm. inviting people to church is good to do that because they can come and hear the word but that's not sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and if you will turn let's turn to the great commission just back a little few pages there at Matthew 28 starting with verse 16 then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now that word power in the Greek, if you take notes, this is a good one to write down. That word power is authority. So he has authorized. We, you and I, have been authorized by the King of kings and Lord of lords to do something. And Jesus spake and said unto them, uh, spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then he says, Go ye therefore. And that go ye therefore, folks, is as we go. Doesn't mean you have to go to India or Africa, or Logan, but as you are going. And that could be anywhere, service station, grocery store, it could be anywhere, work. Uh, go ye, or as you are going, he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, that is making disciples out of them, giving them the death, burial, and resurrection, and they make a decision. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. So we are authorized by the Lord and Savior Himself to go ahead and tell people. Now, uh, I'll go back to our, one of our ministries again. We do five-day clubs in the summer out in people's yards, and the, the hostess invite the kids in in the neighborhood for an hour and have cookies and, and, and teach them a Bible lesson. So um, we see here that we are authorized. If you will turn to Acts 1-8. Acts 1-8. Eight. 
but ye shall receive power. There's that P word again, power. This one means ability. These are Jesus' last words to his disciples, but ye shall receive power or the ability. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. In other words, wherever we go, as we go, and wherever God has us, and we might think, well, I can't talk to people. Well, here he has given us the ability. Now, when? When did we get that? He, uh, well, I, I'm going to turn. You don't have to unless you want to. But uh, Ephesians chapter 1, um, verse 12 says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted talking about trusting in Christ, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and the technical definition of the word gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And yes, it is good news. Matter of fact, it's the best news we could ever hear, isn't it? Amen. Okay. In whom also after that ye believed, oh, we first heard it, about how Jesus came through the virgin birth, went to the cross, lived a perfect sinless life, shed his blood, was buried in resurrected. We heard it, and then it says, after that ye believed, something took place here. Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Wow. Wow. Which is the earnest, and that word means proof of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession and to the praise of his glory. Wow. The earnest is deposit or down payment. After that ye believed, and I'm reading from my Charles Ryrie footnotes right now, better when you believe the time of sealing coincides with the time of believing. Sealed with the Holy Spirit, a seal indicates possession and security. The presence of the Holy Spirit, the seal is the believer's guarantee of the security of his salvation. Wow, folks, so when we got saved, God sent his Holy Spirit to live in us to prove to us that we that we have been accepted by him. See, Brother Cl Clifford Markwart, he was president of Tri-State Bible College, his definition of us being sealed if it will come to me is God authenticating the transaction that just took place isn't that good? Amen God approving or authenticating the transaction of yours and my salvation wow by sending his spirit his Holy Spirit to indwell us. And listen, he never leaves us or forsakes us. He is always there. You are stuck with Jesus mm -hmm. through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? Yes. See, I didn't know. I didn't know that God was going to send me a helper. I may have done it earlier. Probably wouldn't have. But anyway, 
I had to learn this after I got saved that God was going to send me a helper. And we saw in the Great Commission where he authorized us to go ahead as we are going along through our life, wherever it might be. And listen, I'll be 72 in July, and I'm working with those little kids, wild Indians. Nathan describes, Nathan Sayer, I don't know, some of you have met him, but he describes working the Good News Club as a vacation Bible school on steroids. <laughs> And that is funny, but oh, listen, I've got pictures on my cell phone. There was one little boy so mean. Our first year we started, this year, this year we've got 80 signed up also. I think 74 is the most we've had. We do ours on Tuesday. Tuesday evening from 2.30, school's out at 2.30 to 4. And the principal always chooses which evening it is done. But our first year, Little Kevin, he's a twin, Kevin and Heaven, little boy and little girl. But he was so squirmy. Becky and I had him between us, squeezing, squeezing him in between us with our legs, and we had our arms around him up here trying, and he still squirmed out. <laughs> I was telling Pastor, I said, Pastor, we've got a little boy that, that is so, I'm not gonna call him mean, but rowdy. Wow. Pastor Jeff said, Pete, God's just letting you know what you did to people when you were that age. <laughs> well, I tell people that I am ADD. I'm ADHD. I'm OCD. I'm D-U-M-B. And now I'm O-L-D. So <laughs> you put all that together. But we have been authorized by God. Now that little Kevin... I've got a picture of him on my phone, down on his knee. Two or three of those, those little boys run around with their shoestrings untied. It doesn't matter how many times you tell them, you just have to make them time. I don't care, I don't care. Well, Kevin comes up, this one little boy. I said, man, your shoestrings untied. Kevin said, I'll time. And he bent down, and that boy kicked at him. And he just stayed right there. And I've got a picture on my phone of him tying that little boy's shoe. Wow. Isn't that something? Amen. I mean, God, God is ready. Folks, well, of course, we need to live it. Amen. Amen. We need to live it. But those little kids only see us once a week. It's like when I used to drive that church van from West Hamlin. Dodge Maxi van from West Hamlin to Midkiff and go around and pick up those little wild Indians. We only had him three hours a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. They were out in that whatever they had at home all the time. We had 33 on a van one night. We pulled in a Dodge Maxi van. I mean, the back bumper was almost dragging. We pour, it was. We had uh, 11 in the front. Yeah, yeah, we had 11 from this front seat. Here's the driver's seat, and here's this one. From here up to the dash, we had 11. She had one in the seat with her, and one on her lap, and two on their knees here, and one sitting inside of me, and I don't know how many, five or six right there. Pulled in this last house to pick it up. 
And we usually get three or four. There's 11 on the porch. <laughs> well, when we came home dropping them off at different houses, this one man dropped his daughter and son off in a trailer park down Guyon Valley. He came out and said, Brother Pete, let me tell you something. He said, the police, somebody's called the police on you. Said there was a church van with the doors bulging out and it's back bumpers on. Said he's coming from over around Samarico. Said you'll be you'll be parked by the time he gets here. But he said I want to promise you one thing. Said it might not be new, but if I hit the lottery, I'm buying that church a better van. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't say no thank you, but I was thinking no thank you. Oh wow. Okay. Where are we now? We have been authorized by Jesus himself, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our Savior of, get this next word. He's not just our King and Savior, but he needs to be all the time our life. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Our life. And that's where Pete needs to learn to die to Pete every day and get me out of the way. And that's who I was referring to back there when I said there's just one at our house. I was meaning God, not between me and Sam. Yeah, Everybody knows. I mean, I'm the only Baptist that will admit that my wife's the boss and the rest <laughs> of them lie back. I just took a cheap shot in Joyston. <laughs> I knew what you were getting at. Okay. You're trying to crown me. I don't know what you're Yeah, yeah. Okay, now, now, I see there's, there's another place. Oh, yeah, yeah. Romans 1.16. Turn to Romans 1.16. Boy, Pastor Bill Davis um, challenged us one Saturday morning at a bus worker's breakfast before we went out and worked the routes up at Antioch in the Milton Cloden Ona area. He challenged us to memorize this verse. <coughs> uh, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And again, the definition of the gospel, as you know, is the death, burial, and resurrection. For it is the power of God unto salvation, to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For that word power, you know, the first one we saw was ability. The second one we saw was authority. This one is deutimus in the Greek. Deutimus, which is where the English gets its word dynamite. And it's, it's the Holy Spirit. If you remember, and you better remember when you got saved, unless you're losing it like I am, then you might not remember. But anyway, if you remember when the Holy Spirit started reaching down inside of you and stirring up, stirring up your attention to Him that you can't save yourself and that you need to be saved, that is that dunamis, dynamite power of the Holy Spirit working in a person, in a person's intellect, their soul, to make a decision, to let us know that, hey, I want you, but it's up to you to decide. Just like up here on that door, there's no doorknob 
on the outside. But Jesus is standing there knocking. If any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Wow, Amen. Great. Praise the Lord. Isn't that great? So he won't force his way in. Mm -mm. But he will. He will give you the opportunity to invite him in. And that is that deutimous dynamite power. So we've seen three words that start with P, three power words, the ability, the authority, and that dynamite power that when you and I just simply, wherever, wherever God has us, it might be at your sister's house or cousin or whatever. I've got cousins unsaved that I pray for every night. Oh, we've got five minutes. I've got to tell you this story. You wouldn't know of a Baptist preacher going over, would you? <laughs> there is no over in a Baptist church, is there? Amen. I'm bragging on Jesus, not me, but I am extremely soul conscious. <clears throat> I had a brother or a cousin that was It was about two or three years ago. So he was probably around 64. I'm about three years older than him. Retired lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. He retired and went back to work the very next day in the very same office with the very same two secretaries in his civvies under contract. He got to feeling bad and his doctor said, you need a cardiologist. Well, he ignored that and died with a heart attack. Now, mine and his three uncles, my mother's three brothers, died with massive heart attacks. Uncle Henry, 27 years old, his heart exploded. Mm -hmm. And the other one was 33, and the other one? 37. 37. Horrible East Had a, well, he was a Methodist minister anyway. We went to Georgia, Atlanta, to his funeral. And my sister and I were talking that maybe we would get to talk to our other first cousin that wasn't saved, and we got to lead her to the Lord Amen. in the motel in my sister's motel room. Praise the Lord. So, about a month and a half ago, I guess, I'm trying to pray myself back to sleep about 4:30 in the morning after my third or fourth bathroom trip. Um, trying to pray myself back to sleep and, and God said well how about Edgar's husband here's another first cousin it was her brother that died the, the lieutenant colonel she has a husband named Rod that's 80 she's 75 and he has been an alcoholic his whole life mm -hmm. has cancer so bad he can barely go like this on the I never met him <coughs> We get out of bed that morning, go down, watch Fox and Friends and drink and coffee. I said, honey, we're going to Atlanta. She said, okay, what for? I said, we've got to go talk to Ron, Edgar's husband. I said, he's about to die. He's never been saved. He's alcoholic. I said, she said, okay. So we take off one Sunday morning about 8 and drive 13 hours. And we make it to Macon. Well, they live two and a half hours past that. So 
We had it set up at Fair Rob Monday to meet her at one o'clock at this Mexican restaurant behind McDonald's in this town that she lives close to. If anybody knows where Fort Benning, Georgia is near Columbus, Georgia, that's she lives within an hour. So we meet her at the restaurant. We're there at three. I told Sandy once we get there, we won't get a word in edgewise. And I hate women that can out talk me, and she's one of them. <laughs> so I can't hate her. She's my cousin. Anyway, she finally looked at her watch, said, Well, Rod ought to be out of bed. Said he spends most of his day in bed. She said, Let's go on over to the house. Well, we went over there. He was on the couch, like here. She was here, and Sandy is over here in a chair, and I was in a chair close to him on purpose. I said, Rod, can I tell you about how I got saved? And he said, yes. So I did. I told him how the preacher came to my sister's house, but I took him down the Romans Road as the preacher did me so he would get to hear it all. I said, now, I said, and I did. And he said, that's great, Pete. I said, now, Rod, let me ask you something. I'm going to ask you a very blunt question. He said, okay. I said, if you died today, do you know you get to go to heaven? He said, I think I would. I said, what do you base that on? He said, oh, Pete, I've been a good person my whole life. I've been a good person mm. my whole life. Wow, that's not the right answer, is it? Right. We want to hear the blood of Jesus. I said, well, Rod, I'm going to tell you what I tell people when I preach. Being good is good, but being good is not good enough to be accepted by God and get to go to heaven. Amen. I said, can I go ahead and talk to you some more? He said, yes. Got down to the end. And I said, Rod, if God would be willing to accept you right now, just as you are, and he will, would you be willing to accept him and let, and let me help you pray that prayer the preacher helped me? And he said, yes. I said, give me your hand, buddy. And he prayed and asked God to save him. And and about three minutes later, he said, Oh, I, I got to go to bed, you all. I hate to be a party pooper. I got to go to bed. So when he stood up on his walker, I stood up and we hugged and he thanked us. And he went in the bedroom where Sandy and I was telling Edra about and we, and we left. And she told my sister the next day on the phone that Rod didn't want to cry in front of Sandy and Pete so he told him he was going to the bedroom, he needed to go to the bedroom and he went in there and cried. Now he is still alive. We drive one hour over to Columbus, Georgia and start up 85 toward Atlanta and my cousin talked like there was a motel about every other exit. Well we didn't see any. That little old light on the dash came on and said you need gas. This was a four-day trip, three-night stay in motels. I think it was 1,452 miles, something like that. So we, we start looking for a service station. Sandy said, honey, there's a love that's signed by the road, so we can get off there and go over and, and pull down the street like this, and a big love service station over here and every pump full and a shell over here, only two cars a did, it was probably two or three cents more. And the Arby's at the end of the line. So I pulled over here and gassed up and I said, well, honey, we haven't eaten yet. Let's go over by Hardy's and get us something to eat going up the road. 
So we pull in that and I order us two sliders and order onion rings and pull up and pay the girl. And most clerks down that far south are black. This was a white young lady. I pull up and give her the money and I said, ma'am, do you know God loves you? She said, I hope so. I said, well, have you been saved yet? She said, no. I said, well, for God to love the world, that's all of us, that he sent Jesus to die for us. Amen. She said, oh, I believe that. I said, you believe virgin birth, perfect sinless life, death, burial, rest? She said, sir, I believe every bit of that. I said, well, could I help you pray right now to get saved? She said, would you please? I said, honey, give me your hand. She reaches her hand out from Arby's through the window to me in the car, and I'm looking back, there's nothing behind me, and she prays and asks God to save me. It, Praise it, the Lord. It's our first drive-through salvation. <laughs> I said, I got something for you in my car. I had three Gideon Testaments and some tracks. She said, well, your onion rings aren't ready yet. Pull right up over that line, and I'll bring them out to you. So I gave her a Gideon Bible and some tracks, and we hugged and said bye. Went looking for a motel. Well, it's 8 o'clock at night. Two hours. 10 o'clock. Sandy says, there's a Hampton Inn. We said, oh, praise the Lord. Hampton Inn. We're wore out. We go over there and turn down when it says it's down this way. There's two lanes that way and two lanes this way and a bunch of trees in the medium. And, and we get all the way out of the business district and didn't see him. And Sandy called him and said, uh, we can't find you. We didn't see you all. Oh, honey, you've got, we, she has Bluetooth in her car so they could hear both of us and, and we both could hear her. She said, you've gone too far. Turn around, come back down, and we're right behind Red Lobster. Well, I get to tease them with her on the phone. She said, I can't wait to meet you all. We go in, excuse me, I'm hiccuping. We go in and go up to the counter and I'm telling her how we met in sixth grade and never allowed date alone until we were 18, blah, blah, that whole big story. Been married 52 years, and the two of them were like, wow. Wow, that's wonderful. My grandparents did that. What's your last name anyway? I said, Davidson. She typed it in. She said, well, do you have a reservation? I said, no, ma'am. She said, honey, we're booked up. <laughs> Sandy and I both looked at her at the same time and said, what are you going to do about it? She said, I'm going to call across four lane right over there. I'm going to call over there and ask them if they have a room. Yep, she called. I got a couple over here looking for a room. Well, what's your rate? And she wrote down 129 and held it up to it. I don't care if it's 229 or 329. It's 10 o'clock at night. We need a bed. <laughs> we go over there at the end of Walmart Street, across that street, another one. We go in and get registered and get one of those little buggy dolly things and put all her luggage and junk and that stuff on it and take it up to room 318. We get it unloaded. Sandy pulls the door back. I start out in the hall with it like that. And here comes a white woman just <laughs> running, almost running by that. I jerked that buggy back. I pushed it out, looked down the hall. And there's a black man sitting in a wheelchair five rooms down. So I go over to the elevator and right where she was and I said dear Lord help this lady please and the door opens well we get on I said ma'am what is going on she said oh I don't know if you saw him but down the hall in a wheelchair is my husband he's in stage four cancer 
said, we live in South Carolina, but we come here to the cancer center two blocks down the street. I said, okay, elevator door opens. We take two steps off the elevator. I've got that car, she's standing here. And I said, well, ma'am, do you know God loves you? She said, I hope so. I said, well, he does. We're part of the world for God so loved the world. Do you believe this, 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 and this? And she said, oh, sir, I believe all that about Jesus. I said, well, would you let me help you pray right now to get saved? She said, would you please? I said, put your hand right there. Honey. Dear Lord, I'm a sinner. I believe you died for my sins, and I'm asking you to save me. She said, oh, thank you. Would you meet me back right here? And go up and talk to my husband. She said, I left the key to our room in the car. I've got to go get it. So I took the buggy and put it up, went out the car and grabbed Sandy's pistol out of the car door, put it in my pocket. We, I meet her back there and we go up to the room. I peck on Sandy's door, on our door, 318. I said, come on, we're going down there to talk to somebody. Well, Sandy's, Sandy's the practical one of the family. She's thinking, we don't know these people. And we're going to their room. Well, Pete went and got the pistol, so I guess it will be all right. We go in the room. He's sitting on a couch right here on the end. She cleared off the couch and told Sandy to sit there. And Sandy said, oh, that's okay. I'll sit in a chair over here by the door. She, she's going to make sure she can make a run for it. If something turned bad instead of stay there and help me fight it out. So uh, that had me before I get it out of my pocket. Anyway. I sit down here and he's sitting there and he said this is my soon-to-be wife well who cares black or white married or not married folks everybody needs to hear the gospel amen amen he was so ready we could have walked in and I said sir let's just bow our heads right now and pray and ask God to save us and he said okay but he I gave him the gospel and he believed it all and said, oh yes, please help me. I need to get saved. Mm -hmm. And he stood up and we hugged and David, I'm going to say, right, David Wright, 46 years old, landscaper in South Carolina. His wife said, I just got off of the phone talking to my neighbor and she's a pastor. And she told me that God was going to send us somebody from afar to help us tonight. Wow. Isn't that something? Amen. Folks, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Amen. Now, you know, I could assume, but you can't assume that everybody's saved. If you're here tonight and you're not saved and you know God,